What up? Welcome back to the Stellar Stellar Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Boyd, joined, as always, by Glenn Enos Jr. And Matthew Souza. Hello. And Hello. Uh, as we talked about last week, this is the second half of our ranking double half, double header. Double, double. Double, double. Double, double. Uh, today, we're talking running backs and tight ends. Okay, but first, Glenn, I know you want to talk about Hard Knocks. Jake, I apologize. I still haven't used your HBO account. <laughs> shame. Uh, <laughs> That's um, some shame. I'm more of a guy who waits until everything comes out and I binge it at the end. So, uh, right, right. That's the excuse I'm going with. Um, well, lucky for you, Susan didn't watch the last episode, so we have next week too for you to watch all four episodes. All right, well, there's only four, that's right. Right, I sorry, so I missed the last one. The floor is yours, gentlemen. I'll just sit here and listen. It's, It's a hard knock life. Susan, uh, episode three is obviously episode four dropped this week. You haven't seen it yet, but we haven't discussed episode three on the podcast. Um, let's talk about the crazy drone shot that they did, <laughs> right? Of uh, of the Cowboys complex, the star dude. That's kind of crazy. And then at the end, they showed the blooper of the fucking drone hitting the um, <laughs> like I think it's like the statues in the front, like the front entrance. The drone actually hit it and just fell. I wonder I how didn't many see times that part. You see that? At the end no. of the show, like we showed the credits, it showed like the drone oh. going through and hit the statue once. I was wondering, I'm like, how the hell? Because he went like through a truck, through in the driver's window, out the passenger's window of a truck. I'm like, this is, and it was moving pretty fast. Right. I was like, how did he not crash? So I guess they crashed at one point, but still a, a pretty amazing shot of the facility. It was fucking huge. I thought the thing was going to stop at some point <laughs> and it just kept going, just kept going and going. And it was crazy. I was like, People were in the background interacting in the shop as if like it was just like a perfectly executed movie or something. Right. But the place is huge and really nice. And uh, because they, they play a game that, you know, we would have to pay to play in high school. So pretty much. Um, but episode three showed more of the stars and the Cowboys showed more CD lamb at practice. We got to see Mark Cooper for the first time. Uh, oh, yeah. Recovering from his injury. He looked good, man. And and what's cool about it was yeah. like seeing like Amari Cooper and like kind of like teaching CD Lamb about like how, like basic route running stuff, like how to jump off the line, how to fake one way, and like move your hips towards like another direction to trying to like fake out the cornerback. As a Cowboys fan, stuff you like to see, obviously a guy like Amari Cooper, who is a talented receiver in the league, training a young guy like CD Lamb, who has potential to be one of the best in the league. Uh, it's good to see that. Same with Zeke. As far as you know, teaching that rookie dude with the rec specs, uh, for the name Hardy, um, just like basic things on you know being a running back in the NFL. Um, so it's cool to see that with the rookies and stuff. I'll tell you what, if the Cowboys have the same issue as last year and Dak goes down with an injury, we're fucked again because the quarterback play every time I watch Ben DiNucci on hard knocks, I, I want to like throw something against the wall because he sucks, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That was the the uh, thing I remember the most, aside from that drone shot, was um, Danucci and his quarterback play in the preseason. 
how um, they really highlighted how he was just he threw the ball away a couple of times. He threw one interception. Uh, McCarthy was like, "All right, you know, we'll get back at it." And it was like the end of the game. They had a chance to win or something like that, and they he threw another pick, and it was everyone was all defeated. Yep. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Do they really care about this preseason game with the new chair quarterback?" Or, you know, I wonder how disappointed they actually are. I feel like they they want to get it together on some points as far as like coaching and just getting the team together as a whole. Play uh, calling, also, play calling, right, and also just the guys trying to make the team. Obviously, spoiler alert. You know, in real time, we learned that Ben DiNucci was cut by the Cowboys uh, oh, earlier yeah. this week. So he doesn't make the team. Uh, but also, like, other rookies who are struggling to make the team, like the guy with the Rex specs, uh, Hardy, him losing his contact in the first yeah. season game and then just changing the glasses. Now his glasses are getting all fogged up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's cool. Like I said, it's um, – not having Dak, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it is kind of meh so far, this hard knocks compared to, like, seasons in the past. But I just think not having Dak, like, playing and practicing, I think if he was out there to give him a little more, like, interest aspect to it because you get to see Dak and what he's thinking. Obviously, behind the scenes, you get to see how he works with the quarterbacks and stuff and his eagerness to play. Um, but – We'll see what happens. They held them yeah. out in preseason. It's going to be good for week one. So I'm ready, man. I'm ready, too. And, and, and Amari Cooper showing C.D. Lamb or giving him tips, watching him move, hearing the actual advice he's given him as someone who doesn't know how to play wide receiver. It was very cool, and it made me realize how good Amari Cooper is. Right. Um, since you haven't seen the last episode, I won't spoil anything. We'll discuss it next week when we do our week one preview. Did someone die? Uh, I, I don't want to spoil it, but... Okay. Okay. And then hopefully by then, dumbass Mason will uh, catch up and uh, watch all the episodes, too, so we can have a three-way discussion about it. All right? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, all right. So, came to hear the rankings for RBs and tight ends. Last week, we gave you quarterback and wide receivers. This week, we're going to go through our top tens. Now, last week, I thought we had consensus number ones for quarterbacks and wide receivers. I was wrong. Okay. For running backs, there's no reason why we shouldn't have a consensus number one. Am I correct? Correct. Yep. And on three, we're going to say who that number one running back is. One, two, three. Christian McCaffrey. Right. Um, white jesus yep white jesus himself love that man was the number one pick in last year's fantasy drafts there's no reason why he shouldn't be the number one pick in this year's obviously he was hurt for most of the season only playing in three games but in those three games that he did play he did the damn thing nothing's really changed in that carolina offense they have a new quarterback sam Darnold, but the offense still runs in christian mccaffrey Nothing's going to change. He's going to be the bell cow, the workhorse. The fantasy stud that you hope to draft at number one, the only thing that's in question is his health and if he can come back stronger than ever. Um, Pretty much. Number two is where it might get a little tricky. Or maybe not. Huh. Maybe not. I don't Mason, think it would. 
Mason, we got a number two. Uh, I got Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I feel like by uh, just me making it up to him for my bad take a few years ago, I have to put him up here. But uh, also, I mean, <clears throat> he's he's phenomenal. Uh, he can run, obviously, as any as well as anybody in the league. He can catch uh, as well as any back in the league. And I mean, he's he's just great. The only thing that is and in is uh, a concern with him is injury. But I think you can honestly make that case for a lot of running backs uh, on these. On this is really any running back. You know, they take they take a lot of abuse. Um, and Cook has missed some time, but I still think he's good enough. You know, he's he's going to get you 20, 20 plus a week. So. Yeah, I got Dalvin Cook at number two as well. Um, offense, like McCaffrey runs through Dalvin Cook. He gets goal line carries. He's a bell cow. Um Dalvin Cook. Susan? Um, yeah, I agree. Dalvin Cook finished number five two years ago, number two last year. Typical. He is a stud, and he's someone you can rely on. All right, so maybe we're not so far off here on running backs. Number three. We have the same person here, too, because I have Alvin Kamara. Me, too. Same. All right, this ain't fun. <laughs> Uh, Alvin Kamara, the only thing that's changing with him is that Drew Brees isn't in town anymore. Other than that, he's still the man. He's still a guy who can beat in the passing game. He can beat in the running game. And then if you fuck around on Christmas Day with Alvin Kamara, he might just get you six touchdowns. <laughs> so Yeah, no Michael Thomas for the first six weeks, too. Right. So that'll only allow more targets to go his way. Right. Number four, if we have the same person for number four, we're going to end the podcast. It's a good chance. <laughs> I don't know. These guys are these, like the top 10, I feel like is undebatable. It's just Derek word, Henry. Derek Henry. Uh, I got Zeke. Okay. Oh, okay. A little, a little different here. All right. Mason, why do you have Zeke instead of Derek Henry? Um, I mean, I personally, I like, um, I like Zeke's uh, pass catching ability a bit more than Henry's. Um, I think they're kind of similar in a sense that, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed on both offenses. Um, I think obviously the Titans are a much more run heavy offense, but I think the extra points that Zeke can get with receptions makes him a bit more valuable uh, than Derrick Henry. Um, and that's not to say it's, it's like a coin flip for me between them, uh, honestly, because they're both obviously dynamic, dynamic running backs, uh, both really great. Um, and I think if we're talking just pure rusher, Derrick Henry's probably better. Uh, but I think Zeke is more of a complete package, in my opinion. Uh, I agree with that. The only reason I have Derrick Henry ahead of Zeke, because I have Zeke at number five, um, is that Derrick Henry continues to get better every season. Now, at some point, that's obviously going to decline. But after running, rushing for 2,000 yards last year, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. The reason we're on as high as on Derrick Henry as we are the three backs we listed before this is because you're right. With the pass-catching game, he doesn't catch a lot of passes. So in PPR format, Derrick Henry might not be as valuable and standard. He's the man uh, because he's going to 
tear it up in the running game. Once again, uh, once the going gets tough, you hand the ball off to Henry in the second half. He's just going to run into the ground. He's going to get goal line carries. And like I said, he might just fuck around and rush for 2,000 yards. Yeah, he's um, – I have Derrick Henry and then Zeke as well. Um, Derrick Henry, you're right. He has been getting better. At the same time, it's a little bit – you got to think about the workload he's getting. I mean, last year he had a 378 carries, which – but the year before that he had 303. So they went up 75 carries extra this year. Right. Um, so maybe he won't get – 2,000 yards, or maybe he will get almost 400 attempts, but even the year where he only had 300, he was still a top five back. That's where he's ranked right now. So, you got to be happy where you draft him. And then, you got Zeke at um, five, right? And Mason, do you have Henry yep. at five? Yes. Okay. Um, so, our top five is the same. If you look at it that way. Yeah, yep. basically. Just uh, four or five switch for Mason. Um, number six. Now, six through ten, like the wide receivers, might get a little bit tricky. Mm-hmm. My number six guy is none other than Nicholas Chubb. You guys don't look like you're agreeing with me. Uh, I have Aaron Jones at six personally, but I have Nick Chubb at seven. Susan? Yeah, I just, I just rearranged some names because of news actually today of oh, Saquon news with Susan? no oh. Saquon possibly or looking like he can play week one I didn't think he'd be able to and I didn't know how that injury would would go as we enter the season but now it looks like the injury is kind of fading away so if if Saquon's good for week one and, and thereafter I have him next as number six Saquon Barkley before that it would have been I had Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones above him before, but I just moved Barkley ahead of all those guys as number six. Um, so I have Nick Chubb at six because, quite simply, I'm just going to put it this way, Chubb gets dubs. Um, last year, he was hurt through most of the season, um, but in the time that he did play, still a stud. Every Year in and year out, Nick Chubb just proves to be a yards per carry beast. He's a red zone beast, and he does it splitting half the workload with Kareem Hunt. Still finds a way to be an elite running back. If he plays a full season this year, I believe he'll finish top six. I got him at number six right now. Uh, Only reason I have him ahead of Barkley and Aaron Jones, like you guys have. Barkley, I got to see it to believe it for another full season. Hasn't played a full year since his rookie season. Uh, Aaron Jones, although I love him. I don't believe he will be freed. I believe A.J. Dillon kind of cuts out a bigger role this year than Jamal Williams did in the past. Um, I do like Aaron Jones. I just have lower on my list. Uh, But Nick Chubb, he's the man. He gets dubs at number six. Yeah, I like like Barkley as – you're right. We haven't seen – I have Barkley seven, by the way. So right after Nick Chubb. So he's next. Okay. Right. And then I have Chubb next. Um. Yeah, we haven't really seen elite Saquon for a while. We did see at the end of 2019, so he was out all year last year. The year before that, we saw some Saquon at the end, but not before that because he had a high ankle sprain. So an elite first year, second year, plays a few games, 
high ankle sprain, not the same after that until like week 15 and, and on where he had 28 points, 42 points, 20 points to end out, to end the year. And then of course, out all of last year, he's only 24, maybe turning 25. I don't know exactly when this year. Um, I think he's, he's still got it. We just forget because of the injuries, as long as he can stay healthy, which we have to assume for now, I think he's going to be the same, same guy that they have a better wide receiving core, I think, than like a couple of years ago with Kenny Galladay, uh, Sterling Shepard, Slayton. I, I don't mind those guys. And if Daniel Jones steps up to move the offense better, I think it just helps him even more. Yeah. I mean, if Saquon's out there for 16 games, no reason why he can't be where he's ranked for us. Uh, that's just the biggest question for me is if he can play the full season. Hmm. Uh, pick up my number seven. Mason, talk about Aaron Jones. Why you have him at number six? Yeah, yeah. Um, can you give me some info? Yeah, I, I like Aaron Jones. Uh, he doesn't have the the shadow of Jamal Williams being on his back, but he does have A.J. Dillon. Uh, so, but I think you can say you make the same argument for Nick Chubb as well with, with Kareem Hunt. Um, and Kareem Hunt is actually a much more established back than A.J. Dillon is. Uh, and but the Packers, the Packers obviously like AJ Dillon, so he's gonna he's gonna get a fair amount of carries as well. But I think the overall offense um, is better personally with the Packers. I think Aaron Jones will probably get more red zone opportunities, um, you know, like goal line stuff than than those guys do. Uh, and who and, Nick Chubb? Yeah, I think so. I think I think the Browns running game is a lot better than the Packers running game and they rely on it more. Let's do it like like I feel like Rodgers and Adams have that connection where it makes Adams a top two receiver. Aaron Jones soaks up the touchdowns because he has, makes big plays a lot and he does get it on the goal line sometimes. But I feel like Chubb and Hunt are the MVPs in that Browns offense, which is why I think Chubb will be better. But I mean, I, I agree with with the uh... With that, the the thing that just gives me pause is that at Baker Mayfield or their passing offense as a whole, I think sometimes, you know, it it depends. Like the Browns made a step last year, right, as a team. Right. And we have to see if that was kind of a flash in the pan or if they're actually gonna build on that this year. Because let's be honest, they could go back, and that's not to say that Nick Chubb wasn't good when Right when the that. Browns were bad because his rookie season, he came in, the Browns were trash and he still had a pretty good year. Um, <clears throat> but personally, I just think there's more opportunity for Aaron Jones. If that makes sense. Um, and Nick Chubb, I think uh, a little bit more, he catches the ball more than, than, than Derek Henry does, but I feel like I kind of have the same problem where I think Aaron Jones has more ability to catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Right. Um, so that's why I give him a slight edge. Once again, I think. Where do you have Chubb? I have Chubb. Chubb. I have Chubb at seven. Okay. So it, I did what I had what Sousa had, where he had Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, and Saquon. So I have Saquon at eight. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, if I could just say something about Saquon quick. Uh, I, I, for me, I like him. It's the team around him that I don't like. I think he has a problem where 
Number one, I don't think Daniel Jones is that great. Uh, even the addition of Kenny Galladay, uh, I don't really think that'll help Daniel Jones. I don't think he's a good quarterback, really. Uh, and their offensive line is not good. Like, it's bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just one of those things where, like, yes, yeah, Saquon is a very talented player, but sometimes you're going to need uh, – you're going to need um, – you're gonna need you're gonna need Daniel Jones to make a throw, and I don't think that he can do it sometimes. And I think it's gonna limit Saquon's opportunities, uh, personally. But I still have him at eight because he's just such a good player that some I think he'll be able to overcome that, uh, and that still makes him a top ten back. But I'm, I don't have him higher on the list because of what's around him in that offense. Um. Yeah, I have Aaron Jones at nine on my list because my number eight guy, the guy that we haven't talked about yet, uh, I think will surpass Aaron Jones and be the bell cow of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's rookie running back Najee Harris. Um, wow. Some, something about Steelers running backs and the formula, I, I got to believe it. And something about Alabama running backs coming to the NFL and putting in that work. Najee Harris, selected by the Steelers this year, is going to fit right into that role that James Conner once had, a role that James Conner once filled while replacing Le'Veon Bell, who filled that role as well. We also had D'Angelo Williams, who filled that role as well. It's a plug and play with the Steelers system. For some reason, it works, and they produce elite running backs in fantasy. Um, fresh legs, rookie running back. I believe Najee Harris has potential to finish top 10. I got him at number eight. I like him a lot. He actually isn't in my top 10. Um, mainly, I guess, due to like due safety, to. consistency. When it comes to like doing preseason rankings, you've got to go with what you know a lot. So, obviously, I mean, he could finish number three, number two. Definitely can, but I, he just didn't make the list in terms of th- trying to project a season for someone you don't know about. But he definitely has that talent. He's in the right system. I'd be happy with him as my first pick if I was at the end of the first round or something. So, I don't, I'm not going to argue with you. You don't have him in your top ten. Macy, you have him in the top ten at all or no? Uh, I actually don't have him in my top ten either. Um, all right, so, it's just me. It's not, I don't, for me. He's in my top 13. This isn't a top 13. Top (laughs) 10. It's not top 13. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm a little jaded after last year with with Connor and and Snell, personally. But I think he's he's fringe top 10, like Susan said, because, you know, as jaded as I am from the Steelers' backfield last year, I can acknowledge that system, system wise, uh, you know, time and time again, they have guys that come in who are you have no idea like how they're gonna be, but they always put out elite talent on offense, whether it be the wide receiver position or running back. They right. have those places locked out. So, who do you guys have in number eight on your list? So, for me, it's it's Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. So, Nick Chubb seven, Aaron Jones eight. 
I almost switched that when Mason was was talking about Aaron Jones, but wait, who's number seven? Nick Chubb. Oh, and then you have Saquon at six. Yeah. Okay. So just my two cents on Chubb and Jones. Um, I like Chubb a little bit better, and that's because of I think it's more so the system of the Browns. They are a run first team. Like right. the running game is what they start with. Baker can't just control an offense by himself. It's Chubb and it's Hunt. While Aaron Jones, he's good, but he's not the guy. The guy is is really Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It doesn't even matter who the receiver is. As long as Aaron Rodgers has the ball, he'll throw it to somebody else, get down the field. It's not going to Aaron Jones um, primarily, even at the goal line. They'll be at the freaking one-yard line, and they'll do a flat with Devontae Adams. <laughs> but and that's why you say free Aaron Jones. But to Mason's point, Aaron Jones doesn't have Jamal Williams. He has A.J. Dillon, who's a better running back. But Jamal Williams was more of a pass catcher. He took a lot of targets. A.J. Dillon, no. He does not. He's not a pass catcher. Maybe he could be sometime down the road, but in college, like zero passes. I think I read he caught like 23 passes in his college career, something low like that. And that's kind of like what Nick Chubb is right now. So Aaron Jones has a lot more potential for receptions than he did before when he was already getting more receptions than Nick Chubb. So there, he does have PPR advantage, but I just like the safety of the system and how Chubb is relied on. I mean, he will get 15 to 20 carries every game while Aaron Jones, sometimes he could be like 10 carries and only like 50 yards while Chubb, you can really rely on production and yardage. But Aaron, I think Aaron Jones has a higher ceiling, I guess. But I'll go with Chubb first, then Jones, and then are we on to? So I guess we're on number nine. nine. Yeah, because Aaron Jones is my number nine. Uh, you guys don't have Harris, so number nine, who you got? You want to go, Susie? You want to go? You can go. I was just okay. talking. Uh, I have Austin Eckler at number nine, actually. Me too. Um, hey. I have Eckler at ten. So All right. Concludes my running back list. All right. So this, this is good then. Um, so I think last year uh, showed because Justin Herbert played basically the whole season. I think that he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. And, you know, they have a lot of talent on that offense. So the one thing that doesn't put an Eckler, obviously PPR wise, he's not your typical running back. He's PPR machine, though. He's catching a lot of passes out of the backfield. Um, the one cause of concern, though, for Eckler is that he's had a lot of injury problems, um, which is why he's not higher on my list, um, because I think I, I haven't – I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I believe he's missed a decent amount of time over his career. Um, so – I'm a little, you know, I'm a, I'm a little hesitant about that, but I think the talent is there. The offense as a whole has a lot of high upside. Like I said, he's going to get a lot of uh, catches, a lot of yards, um, making him very, very, very desirable in PPR. Um, and I like him. Last, I think, I think last, that team's going to be good this year. Last season was the only season in his career where he actually missed, like, significant time. He only played 10 games. 2019.16, where he finished number four in PPR, eight in standard. 2018, he played 14 out of 16, so he missed a couple games there. And then 2017, his rookie year, played all 16. Maybe I'm thinking of, oh, you know what I'm thinking? I think I'm thinking of 
I think I'm thinking of Brennan Oliver. I thought you were going to think of Darren oh. Sproles. Not Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles back on the Chargers in fucking 2004. <laughs> um, yeah, I got Eckler at 10 after Aaron Jones at 9. Just the PPR value. He just gets involved, uh, whether it's rushing, catching passes. He's like um, he's like discount McCaffrey in my eyes. Like he's not going to have the production that Christian McCaffrey does, but he's literally like the same kind of play style. He's a guy who can do, you know, he's a jack of all trades at the running back position. I feel like a lot of his games lead on receptions, um, and that's how he get most of his fantasy points. So I like Eckler. I just don't think he'll have, you know, the touchdowns, yardage, whatever that someone like McCaffrey would have. Sounds more like a discount Alvin Kamara. Okay. Looking at his stats. So he missed time last year. Only 10 games did he play. Um, but the year before that, full season and PPR, which is really the, the biggest thing. I mean, this, these are standard rankings. He'd be lower for me. Um, but we play in a half-point PPR. And he was a top 10 guy. At least in full PPR, he was top five. And he had 108 targets, 92 receptions, almost 1,000 receiving yards. He had 993 receiving yards on 92 receptions. Only 130 rushing attempts for 550 yards. Same thing with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara will get like 800 rushing yards, but he'll also get eight, 900 receiving yards. And, of course, double-digit touchdowns. Um Austin Eckler, the only thing about it in PPR, yes, huge advantage there, but he's not a goal line guy. Right. And and that's he even said it himself in, in an interview that I listened to recently. He just he knows that's not his style. He he knows the coaches know that. The coaches are have been have shown that. It's just not the way it's gonna be. They have other guys to punch it in if they're at the goal line. But that doesn't always matter when you're catching eleven balls a game. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, so number 10, what do you guys got? Susan? Or I actually me? have Jonathan Taylor. Oh, my number yeah. 10 guy. Mason too? Mm. Mason too. So at first, I didn't like how Carson Wentz was projecting. If he wasn't going to play, I was kind of off um, Jonathan Taylor as a top 10 guy. But that's mainly on like first round pick. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather go with someone who's less risky. Right. I think on the year, he's going to be great. He was really good. I mean, he's a rookie last year. Yeah. Rookie last year, finished top five, number six in PPR four in standard. I don't see why he can't do that again. He does have a pretty good offensive line. Uh, maybe Hines will, will steal his thunder sometimes. Maybe Marlon Mack. I don't know. I don't really see Mack as a threat, but I guess you could make an argument. But either way, top ten for me. I like I like Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's got a score. I don't I don't have him in top ten. He'd be eleven if I if we were to keep going. But this isn't a top eleven. This is a top ten. No, no, that's right, baby. You look at it was really the playoffs where Jonathan Taylor took off. Um, weeks one. Through 12, his highest point total in half-point PPR was 18 points. Now, it, it was kind of – it would range everywhere in the teens. He had some dead games with four. 
uh, was pretty consistent, like the low to mid-teens. Once He missed week 12. Once week 13 came, he finished with 21 points, 29.5, 17.5, 19.4, and then week 17, last game of the season, of course, the week that didn't count fantasy, he drops 37.9. Hmm. So if you go by the trend of running backs who perform late in the year and they carry it over to the next season, sure, have Jonathan Taylor – in your top 10. Uh, for me, I just think there's better options than Jonathan Taylor because we're going to get it to see how this offense performs with Carson Wentz. Are they going to be more pass-heavy than they were with Phillip Rivers? Are they going to continue to feed Jonathan Taylor? Is he going to be better than he was last year in the season? Will Naheem Hines play a role? Marlon Mack also returning to the team. Will he play a role as well? Um, I don't know. I just think there are better options, 10 better options, exactly, hmm. than Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah, he, the, the one guy that you guys didn't have and I had in my top 10, besides Jonathan Taylor, because basically Susan and Michigan have the same top 10s as far as 10 different guys just placed in different scenarios. I just have Najee Harris instead of Jonathan Taylor. Um, but that's it. Yeah, I like – that's a good point with, with Jonathan Taylor's, I guess, workload. and Because um, in the beginning it was – they didn't free Jonathan Taylor. I'm looking at his snap percentages. Right. A lot of them were less than 50% snaps uh, played. Uh, it wasn't until week 14 that he actually was more of the, the guy. 58% snap percentage, 70%. Last game, 82%. So he was more of the bell cow at that point, and he showed us what he could do. I do think we can carry that over. Um, I said <laughs> – I remember Derrick Henry. If you remember when he exploded at the end of the year – Right. I think it was against the Jaguars, and he got like 200 yards. And he had like a good string of four games at the end of the year. I'm like, dude, he, he sucks. The whole year he was terrible. Was, yeah, he just put together four great games. Well, that was, that was your first still, mistake, saying Derrick Henry. still sucks. Derrick Henry. And then that carry, it did carry over the next year and the year after that. So I just want people not, to know, if you don't he's know. not I mean, Derrick Henry, but. I want, I want people to know. And if you don't know, if you're not a longtime listener of this podcast, um, I'm the president of the Derrick Henry fan club. I've been president since day one, back when Sousa said he sucked. I said, no, Derrick Henry's my guy. And now it's like it's like when you discover like a band that's like kind of like low end, not not like people like don't really know about be like their music. And then they blow up and get real popular and everybody likes them. I'm the fucking president. Okay, Derrick Henry. That's fair. That's fair. You can be president of John T- Jonathan Taylor fan club if you want. I mean, I'll, no, I'll, no, I don't. Okay. No, right, yeah. no does like the same. I'm the right. I'm the president of the Christian McCaffrey fan club. So, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's the only good player you had on your teams throughout the years. All right, we'll see you guys next week, uh, guys. Let's get the fuck out of here. Um. All right, that's that's our beast. Any other? Yeah, baby. Any honorable mentions? Uh, I like Antonio Gibson. I do too. I got to see it again from yeah. him, though. Yeah. That's the only I thing. I, I, He's someone who can get them top I 10. Think, I think this offense is going to look a lot different with uh, with Ryan Fitzmagic at the helm, which actually, uh, I think for me, I'll talk about that a little bit in relation to tight ends. Um, but uh, you guys just want to, you guys just want to jump, jump into the tight ends. Yeah, we'll right jump now? into tight ends because this is the thing. Tight ends are hard to predict, but it's the most easiest no-brainer to pick the number one tight end of fantasy football 
because he's been the number one tight end in fantasy football for the past however many years. And that's Travis Kelsey. Consensus number one across the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, Best tight end in the league. He has been the best tight end in the league. He has one of the best quarterbacks in the league and the best offenses in the league. No sign of him slowing down. He remains healthy every season. He is the most sure thing in fantasy football. That's Travis Kelsey. We're not yes, even sir. gonna. We're not. I'm not even gonna go into detail about him. Well said. However, yeah, we number two, and this might be my sizzling hot take of the year. I've been saying this since we started our preseason podcast. The number two tight end in fantasy football this year is going to be the young phenom, the rookie, Kyle Pitts, from the Atlanta Falcons. That's why I got my list at number two. You guys might be saying, "Whoa, wait a minute! Now, wait a minute!" He's not a second-year tight end. He's a rookie tight end. They don't do anything. <laughs> no. That's 100% no, no, no. true. He's the exception to this. Because when you get a generational talent like Kyle Pitts, someone who gets drafted that high in the actual NFL draft, um, in an offense like the Atlanta Falcons, he could be a game-changer. When Tony Gonzalez uh, got traded to the Falcons and Matt Ryan had him in his first year, Tony Gonzalez was a game-changer. Austin Hooper made a name for himself in Atlanta. Matt Ryan likes to throw to his tight ends. Um, and now having probably the best tight end athletically and skill-wise since maybe an aging Tony Gonzalez, I don't see why alongside Calvin Ridley, who draws attention to the offense, why Kyle Pitts in his rookie year can't finish at the number two tight end in a position in fantasy where it's so random as far as every year things go. I don't see why Kyle Pitts can't finish number two. It's very bold. It's yeah. very bold. That's for sure. It's it's really tough because you just don't know. You don't know. There um, there have been a lot of good tight ends even in their first year. Like uh, Evan Ingram had a, a rare first year um, breakout. Uh, but then, of, of course, he fell off. But Kyle Pitts is good on a better offense. But he's not the guy there. No, so we know. But they got Calvin Ridley. They have Mike Davis. What the fuck does that mean? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But they they have Calvin. Mike Davis in your uh, top top 11? Well, to make it fair, Chiefs also have Tyreek Hill. They do. But this isn't Matt Ryan. This is Pat Mahomes in that case. But someone who doesn't have much competition ahead of them that I have number two is Darren Waller. Yeah. He's the first option, I think, on, on the Raiders. They have John Brown and Henry Ruggs. And John Brown Ruggs. got released. Edwards. Oh, he did? He did. They do not have John Brown. But they do have Darren Waller. And he's to me, he's like their wide receiver one. I feel like he's going to have the most targets, maybe the most receptions on that team. And that's why I'd prefer him as my two. I agree with that. I just think uh, the secret's out on Darren Waller. I think everybody knows uh, he's the go-to guy on that Oakland offense. I, I believe he's probably the best playmaker that they do have. That's including Josh Jacobs and all the other pass catchers that they do have. Uh, I have Darren Wall at number three behind Kyle Pitts, so it's not that crazy. He's still going to have a solid season. He's still going to be a top-tier tight end. I have no problem, you know, with him being drafted in any of your leagues as the second tight end off the board. Um, I, Kyle Pitts thing is just a feeling, but Darren Wall is definitely a solid option. Mason, what do you think? Um, yeah, I got, I got Darren Waller at, uh, at two as well. Um, I can give you Kyle Pitts now if you want to, but I, he's a little bit farther up my list. I have him in my top 10. Um, he's a little bit farther up. Um, 
I can talk about it after. Uh, but Darren Waller, I mean, he's the guy there. And I think the thing is, is that, you know, Nelson Aguilar was great last year. Um, but obviously Darren Waller was still the guy. I mean, teams weren't like, oh gosh, we're going into Oakland. We have to stop Nelson Aguilar. You're saying we have to stop Darren Waller. Darren Waller is the guy that we need to stop. And teams knew teams knew that last year and they still couldn't stop him. I think he's just one of those guys. He's a very good playmaker. Uh, he's an athletic freak, obviously. Um, and he's great. He's he's one of those the new age tight ends that are basically just a ridiculously big wide receiver. And that's kind of what Travis Kelsey is too. I mean, he can, he can block, you know, but you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of guys, a lot of tight ends that are elite offensively are like that. They're just almost like almost uh, over glorified wide receivers. Uh, and I think Darren Waller has no reason why he's not going to, do what he did again last year. Uh, you know, Derek, Derek Carr, say what you want about him. He's a serviceable quarterback. Uh, he's not as bad as a lot of other quarterbacks in the league. Um, and he'll get him the ball. And Darren Waller will get a lot of catches, probably get a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards. So can't go wrong picking him. Um, your number three side on who you got, Susan? George Kittle. Yeah, that's fair. Class, I, got him, yeah. I got him at four. Um, only reason I have Waller ahead of him is because I think the San Francisco wide receivers get more of a workload this year uh, with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. It's going to be interesting to see, too, how Jimmy G handles it and if they make the switch over to Trey Lance at some point in the season. Obviously, Kittle will still be the man. Um, I just think Kittle's – He's still, he's still going to be solid tight end. You know, a set and forget a guy every week. He's still going to be a viable fantasy option. Yeah. I just think his best season is behind him. Um, the season he had a couple of years ago. Yeah, that plus injury risk. But, um, yeah, Jimmy G or Trey Lance, at least this year for Trey Lance, if he was a play, I just feel like they have too many mouths to feed and they don't have a high-powered enough offense to feed them all. Like you said, I, I love Debo. I love Ayuk. I love Kittle. I don't think they're all going to have great games every week. Right. Debo could go off. Kittle probably won't. Something like that. So, um, but like you said, still a set and figure out it type of guy. Um, moving down the list, uh, this is going to be your number four. Um, my number five. Do we agree on Mark Andrews? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson's favorite target in Baltimore. Mark only Andrews. target, really. Mm. Well, that's until you see the Lizard King suit up week one. Right, that's right. right. You mean the same Lizard King that you dropped in Craigslist? <gasps> yeah. I got, him in like, I got him in like three other leagues. Oh, okay. So it makes up for it. Yeah. That's all right. I picked up uh, – the hell's his name? Tyson Williams. Supposed to Tyson be, Chicken uh, Nuggets? Yeah, he's supposed to be splitting carries with uh, Gus Bus. Um, anyways. Mark Andrews, back-to-back seasons finishing as a top 10 wide receiver, five in 2019, six in 2020. Depending when you play standard, he's even better than PPR. Um, touchdowns, man. 2019, he got 10 touchdowns. Last year, he got seven touchdowns, 700 yards. 
He's a red zone target. He's the guy that Lamar Jackson looks for when they're close, when he needs to pass. And he's not being a running back. He's looking at Mark yep. Andrews. And I'll take that value over most tight ends uh, in the league because they got yeah, a good I mean, offense. He broke out in his second year, second year tight end, and he hasn't looked back. Had oh. to say that. Yep. Oh, my God. Um, Mason? Mason? Well, uh, Mark Andrews? Yeah, I got Mark Andrews. Yeah, I got Mark Andrews. Uh, We have the same list so far, Mm -hmm. me and you. And I feel like it might be the same with the next guy, Mason. Number five. Uh, I have TJ Hawkinson. Oh, yeah, I got Big Cock Hawk. Yeah. (laughs) I got got Big Cock Hawk at number six uh, after Andrews. So, um, the thing is, right, so Hawkinson – is I think all right, so I think we should give the caveat that after Mark Andrews, I feel like there's a precipitous drop off. Um, personally, I think it becomes much more of a dart throw week to week, right? Uh, as to who is going to be like consistency is not uh the best thing to describe guys after the first four is what I'm saying, you know? Um, so Hawkins, Hawkinson, the reason why I put him at five, uh, I think he's got the talent and I think he's got the skill to be a top five tight end. I think honestly, um, you know, maybe he could surpass Mark Andrews. Uh, but the problem is the problem that I have is that number one, there's, no one else to throw to on Detroit's offense. Um, I think that offense is going to be kind of bad, in my opinion. Uh, and Goff, in his time in the league, has never produced a tight end that was really great, you know? Uh, Ned, Bigby. So Ned Bigby is okay. But, you know, I mean, he's never – produced a guy who you're like, oh yeah, this is a guy I have to put my lineup every single week. Even Bigby, you know, he has games where he'd give you a goose egg. So, I mean, but like, it, like, like I said, it's, it's a lot more hit or miss for these guys after you get out of the top four, I think. Um, but I think Hawkinson has the skill set to be at the top. Okay. Like, yeah. Five. So, yeah. And Goff doesn't have, cup or woods to throw to anymore so i think he will lean more heavily on hawkinson who's a good athletic tight end who broke out last year in his second year as the number five and i just think that'll i honestly like his chances better with golf than stafford so if he finished five last year and and has a better setup this year i, I like where he is he's he's rather consistent than everyone who will be, who will probably follow him, even though he's not going to okay. explode and be like a wall yeah, or a Kelsey like no, type no guy. crazy games, but he'll get, he'll get you eight like points eight or more. Ten. Yeah. Right. You can kind of set him and forget it too. Which for, which for a tight end is, is pretty all you want. It's all you yeah. want. Very good. Yeah. Just want consistency. Um, after Hawkinson, have him on six. Number seven, I got Logan Thomas. Wow. Interesting. You guys, you guys think about that. I don't like it. I don't uh, I also I'm not gonna say I don't like it. I have him in my top ten, but I, don't, I have him like higher it. up. Why don't I like it? 
Yeah, what's wrong with Logan Thomas? I, I just don't like it. Why? Um, well, one, I don't buy into Logan Thomas. I don't even know why he was relevant last year. After um, six years in the league, he decides to show up in Washington and, and be relevant. But that's okay. It happens. Number, number three tight end PPR. Yes, but you know who his quarterback was? Yeah. Who was it? Alex Smith? Yeah, some bum. Yeah, someone whose average depth of target is like five yards. Now they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, whose average depth of target is like 35 yards instead. I think um, I think that's going to be a huge difference. I think that's going to be a huge difference. And I personally just don't buy into Logan Thomas's talent in the first place. I need to see it again. And I think one good year out of seven warrants, I need to see it again. It was his first year in Washington. This will technically, if you want to go by second year, this will be a second year in Washington. So, <laughs> oh, no, no, that doesn't count that way. Uh, well, it's, it's counting this year. You had three years like of I Buffalo. Said, tight ends are just uh, like, like after like you said, like the top four or five, it's a fucking guessing game. I'm guessing Logan Thomas will fish, finish as the number seven tight end. And standard year was number seven last year, PPR number three. Uh, yards and receptions last year he had six touchdowns. If Ryan Fitzmagic is slinging the ball, no reason why he can't be a red zone target to compliment Terry McLaurin. Give me those touchdowns and get me Logan Thomas at number seven. Does Logan Thomas cr- Logan Thomas crack your top tight end? Top ten? No. Yes. Yeah. Actually not in my top ten. He's just outside of it. I Close have him at number nine. Um, right. And it's for a lot of the reasons that Sousa said. Like, um, I think he still – obviously last year he showed that he can be – a pretty, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good threat, obviously. Um, but it's just I need to see it with Fitz Magic first uh, before I can say yes. Set this guy in your lineup like consistently and not, you know, maybe look for like matchups or streaming options. You know, it, it's it's a little touch and go with him right now. Yeah, he's like he's number eleven for me, so like, not just outside the top ten. But at the same time, uh, just outside the top ten doesn't mean as nearly as much right. as it does. It can be, it can be like, a, can be like yeah. a couple points off. I know. Um, so who do you guys have at number six? That's where I got Kyle Pitts. Uh, all right, I got I Noah like Fan at number six. Okay, really? Yeah, he's outside my top ten too. So Damn. here's my thing, right, Souza? Uh, I think that uh, I think that Denver's offense is going to be not is going to be much more consistent. It's not going to be a powerhouse, not going to wow you at all, right? But I think there's a lot of talent on that team, uh, especially at the wide receiver position uh, between Judy and Sutton. Um, you know they have. Um, Jesus, uh, was Javante Williams, right? They're, uh, yeah, the running back, their rookie back. Um, and no fan, I, I think is, is a good tight end. Uh, last year, obviously didn't really get the quarterback play to go, um, with him. I think he was, he was pretty decent in the beginning of the season and then kind of tapered off. If I remember correctly, uh, I have to stop doing this. You finished number eight in PPR, 13 in standard. 
Okay, so that's not bad for a tight end. Um, so num- number eight PPR is where I got him. And it's the only reason I got him behind Logan Thomas is for the fact that the people you just mentioned in that Broncos offense. You get the return of Colton Sutton, Jerry Judy to go along with him. New bodies in the running game with Javante Williams. Got Melvin Gordon too. Fant will be cool. I just think it's going to have to rely. He only had three touchdowns last year. You, you kind of get the same thing with uh, Drew Locke, whether it's him or Teddy Bridgewater. They're, they're both kind of the same. I think Bridgewater is much better than Locke, in my opinion. And he's he's confirmed to be the starter. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I could be wrong, obviously. I think that offense will be better than it was last year. But I think it'll be better. I just don't know. Noah Fant will benefit from it more than he did last year. I don't I'm looking, think. I'm looking I at, actually don't think so. I'm looking at guys like Sutton and Judy to take a leap uh, rather than Noah Fant. I mean, I want Noah Fant to do well because he's simply fantastic. Personally, I think one of the wide receivers will, and Noah Fant, Noah Fant definitely will, in my opinion. Susan, so whether it's whether it's Judy or Sutton remains to be seen, but I think Fant will will benefit, especially if the quarterback is Bridgewater. Sousa doesn't think that at all. Sousa just doesn't believe in Noah Fant being fantastic. I think he's going to be around where he was last year, which was around the 10 spot, but I have reason to believe it might be a little bit worse because we do have a the quarterback, whether it's Bridgewater or Locke, they don't have a big enough spoon to feed all these mouths. Jerry Judy's great. Cortland Sutton is hey, back. How big's your spoon? Cortland Sutton wasn't there last year, most of the year, and fans still didn't really get that much going. Now, Number eight Sutton, tight end. Standard was 13, so it's like he's fringe top 10 without Sutton, a, a dominant wide receiver on that team at least. So with him back demanding targets, team not a, an amazing quarterback in the first place, Tim Patrick and K.J. Hamler, one of them will, will – do very well every now and then. I don't know. I just I just don't see it. So who you got at seven? I have Big B. Tyler Higby. Oh, I don't have him in my top ten. Neither do I. That's okay. Uh, yeah, he uh, is not fantastic. Okay. All right. Um, talk about Tyler Higby real quick, aka Ned Bigby. Yeah, Higby. You know. <laughs> Tyler Higby. Yeah, Tyler Higby. He's, he's a player. He plays football. Honestly, I don't know why I have him right up here. <laughs> Honestly? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> he does have Stafford this time, which doesn't really say too much. Right. It's not like he's a, a tight end uh, targeter, but Maybe the loss of Gerald Everett? Yes. Actually, that's a very good point. He's no, he's no longer he's no longer splitting some time, right? Um, but Stafford, I think, will just make the offense better as a whole. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I could see Big I could see Bigby being a red zone guy. Maybe getting a career high in touchdowns this year. And again, we're at we're at tight end seven. So seven through twenty. They're splitting hairs. <laughs> right. So yeah. I seven I had Logan Thomas, eight I had uh Noah Fant. Mason, who you got at seven? Seven, I got Robert Tanyan. 
from okay. uh, let's talk from about Tonyo Green Green Bay. Um, so here's the thing, right? So Aaron Rodgers got to throw the ball to someone besides Devontae Adams at some point. So you think? Uh, <laughs> you think? Well, he does. Um, <laughs> he's not going to complete every pass to him. So, uh, so you think? Right. Uh, personally, I don't believe in MVS. I don't believe in Aaron Lazard. Um, and Tanyan had uh, a string of some pretty decent games last year, uh, you know, toward the end of the season. And I think, you know, maybe if Rogers starts to trust him a little bit, you know, maybe he could at least be a little bit of a, a, a red zone threat besides Devontae Adams. Um you know, not like you really need a super big, uh, <laughs> a super big red zone threat besides Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams is basically uncoverable in the red zone. But you guys know what I mean. Uh, yeah. It's it's nice to have a little bit of an insurance policy if Devontae Adams is triple covered uh, by a defense. So I'm looking for him to take a step this year. I think that he'll crack he'll crack top ten tenants. I b- I believe it. I like it. He, I think he's he's not he's decent. And as you said earlier, um, at this point, consistency is not the word you want to be using. And so you just kind of have to live with some inconsistent weeks. But you can know, no matter what the week is, that Robert Tanyan can can possibly get you something good. Like he can get you double digit points, maybe even twenty plus points at any time because he has Aaron Rodgers. He's in the Packers offense, which is pretty high powered. Um, and so you could do a lot worse, right? Even if he's not going to be as consistent, but I think he'll 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 be there. He's number eight for me, so he'd be next on my list. So I got I got Tony at nine. Um, I'm looking at his numbers from last year. He was touchdown dependent. The definition of touchdown dependent as tight end. Um, he had he started off the first four weeks. Week two, we had a touchdown. Week three, we had a touchdown. Week four was that breakout game that he had on Monday night where he got three touchdowns, 30-point yep. game. From weeks 11 through 17, he scored in one, two, three, four, five, six out of seven weeks. The only problem with it yeah, huh? is he never had over 100 yards in any game last season. So here's the thing. I don't think he's going to score fucking – one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't think he's going to get 11 touchdowns this year. That's just me because that's what he had last year. Uh, but I think Tim- similar to what you said about Logan Thomas, though, I think he can do what lo- what you think that Logan Thomas could potentially do. Just be a red zone guy, get a few touchdowns. Even if, even if he has one, two catches for 10 yards and a touchdown, you still take that as a tight end. You know what I mean? Right. So. But definitely a step up from like a Jimmy Graham, who is that same type of guy who is the, you need a touchdown for him to have a good day. I think Tanya yeah. is, a, is a step up from that. But you're right. Looking yeah, just, at it, 11 just based touchdowns, on the offense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 11 touchdowns. No, the yeah. end. I mean, uh, Logan Thomas, at least, you know, he's catching at least four balls a game with some yardage to it, too. Um, but I, I don't know. I got him at nine. And then number 10, my last tight end. Guy I was high on last year. I feel like he could do the same this year, if not more, is Mike Gusecki. Um, 
with Tua Tagovailoa. Um, another year under his belt. Another year of chemistry with Gasecki and that offense with all the high-flying wide receivers that they have. Um, Gasecki's a security blanket. He's a playmaker. I got him in number 10. You guys got him in the top 10 or no? Um, I don't. Yeah, he's my number nine. All right. Well, fuck you, Mason. I, well, I hold on. Real quick, before we move on, I didn't mention this to you guys. I have, I have Kyle Pitts at number eight. Oh, okay. Um, so I do have him in my top ten, but I have him a little bit later because uh, I think he's 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 got a lot of talent. It's just it's a lot to ask someone to come in, uh, especially a rookie in the NFL, uh, to come in to your to your team and make a significant impact right off the jump. Because I think that offense is going to be asking a lot of him. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, whether or not he's up for it, but I think he has he has a chance uh, to be. You know, I think his ceiling is top five, like you said, Glenn. If he's if he's everything that he's advertised coming out of college, then why can't he be top five? Uh, especially with how volatile tight ends are. But I put him up at eight because I think it's kind of a little, you know, gives him a little wiggle room up there. So. My last guy is number 10, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, he's outside my top 10. Same. I like him this year. Ugh. And, and I mean, as my 10th tight end, so think about what that actually means. <laughs> he's 26 years old. Ertz is 30. Ertz. Um, Ertz is, is like more? dropped like off. They're both injury prone. Um, yeah, he has. And then. There was some type – I don't honestly don't know the details, but apparently there was some type of drama, off-season drama with Ertz. Apparently now he's moving on from all that. But uh, I feel like it's – it's Goddard is going to be having a bigger role than he previously was, and Ertz is going to have a lesser one. He's younger. He's a great talent too, Goddard. And with Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, I think he can – Goddard can, can be a startable tight end more often than not. It can be fine. I just think in Philly, the wide receivers take off more than than as far as like Carson Wentz relied on Ertz and Goddard in the past, and less on his wide receivers. I think Hertz will do the opposite. I think Smith and Rager will be what Goddard and Ertz used to be. Should be interesting to see. You have who's your who you got left, Mason? My number ten after the. The moves that have gone down this week is Johnny Smith. Oh. Okay. I think uh, now, I, I don't know. Um, forgive me. I'm drawing a blank. We didn't talk about this already, right? What, Mac Jones? Yes. We didn't, we didn't talk about this. We can briefly mention it. Uh, we haven't done Cam, a news segment all season. That's true. But Cam Newton been a out. season. Thank God. Sorry, Cam. Don't let the door hit in the ass. I do not want to watch that again this season. Uh, now that Mac Jones is the quarterback, I think that the Patriots offense can operate more like it used to under Tom Brady. And that's not to say that I think Mac Jones is Tom Brady. Let's not get yeah, tired guy. of no, 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 no. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Not what I said. Mac Jones, a pocket passer. Uh, what I'm saying is Mac Jones style of play fits 
the Patriots more than Cam Newton's does. Uh, yeah, guy, they're both white. Tom Brady was a quarterback. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, I think, you know, anytime you have a rookie quarterback, they tend to throw down to uh, to tight ends a lot as a safety valve sort of thing. And I think that that can happen. Jonah Smith is a good tight end. Um, you saw it in Tennessee. Um, he's had injury problems, which is a bit of a concern. But I think what? – Why not Hunter Henry? Uh, yeah. Hunter, Hunter Henry has been hurt for most of the preseason, and he's also – Hunter Henry is even more injury-prone than Johnny Smith. Uh, and I don't know. I just like Johnny Smith better. I think he's a bit more – he's been a bit more consistent throughout his career. Henry's that guy every year that people say he's going to take a step. He's going to take a step. He's going to take a step because he has the talent. He has the physical skills, but he can never put it together. Um, and I just don't – I I think he'll be a nice compliment on the Patriots, but I think the better tight end of the two will ultimately be John Smith. Um, and I think that he can potentially crack the top ten now that Mac Jones is a quarterback. So. Definitely. We'll see. We'll see. Next week, boys. Season starts week one. I can't mm-hmm. wait. I'm so excited. But our fantasy teams are drafted. I'm in five leagues this year, so I got my eye on everybody. I I'm in three. Players. I've drafted That's players. unbelievable, dude. I've drafted players in leagues that I, I've never had before, so I'm excited to have them on my team. You're good. Sunday's going to be brutal. I got my cat to do good. Back, oh, but I can't. I need him to do bad, but oh, I need you, to do good. You, you got to prioritize other leagues, you know. Like, you're going to, I'm going to mainly root. For the Westport League, WPT Fantasy Football League. And then I got, um, I think, second priority is my Dynasty League. My first Dynasty League that was in, I just did a startup Dynasty League. By the way, big brain moves from your boy. <laughs> the startup Dynasty League draft I just did last night, I had the 12th pick, so I back to back picks. And I'm thinking as guys are going off, I'm like, these motherfuckers might forget about J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers. Uh, I was like, I'm going to draft him. I was like, but I, I might – I think I went seventh and eighth round. I draft them both back-to-back. That way I have them for the future. Um, it could have been too early, but I didn't want it to come back around to somebody hmm. else. Then my plan, I would, I'd be kicking myself. So we're set for the future, boys. We're set That's for good. the future. That's good. Um, but, yeah, exciting times. We kick it off with Cowboys and Bucks week one. Mm, can't we'll wait, back. baby. Dude. Next week, we'll be back at you for week one previews. We'll give you our preseason predictions as far as who we think is going to be stellar star of the year. Fuck of the year returns. Uh, Fuck of the year. What else are we going to predict? We're going to do our game picks so the pigs can pick them. We're going to have the first ever sizzling hot takes for 2021. Fuck of the year. I said that. I'm, I'm deaf. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to say it twice. It's okay to say it twice. Um, but yeah, man, it's going to be an exciting season. Football's back. Let's get it going. So excited. So, Mason, uh, so and Susan, this too. Susan hasn't watched the last episode of Hard Knocks. So we can finish our Hard Knock Life segment next week as we conclude week one. Um, all you got to do is watch four episodes between now and next Tuesday. 
Great. Did you do that? Four hours. Four uh, hours maybe. of your time. Maybe. Because uh, you got so well, much planned. I do, actually. I have a busy weekend. Oh, well, a huge busy weekend. <laughs> Whatever. I'll try, okay? Uh, I don't want to insult Jake Aronson anymore. Well, I, I mean, you're practically spitting in his face at this point. I know. Poor guy. All right. Anything to say before next week? Uh, best of luck. Hmm. Best of luck. Mason, I'm yeah. facing you week one. Yeah. Oh, that's best fun. of luck. We'll have a little uh, showdown next week's episode then between you guys. Oh, yeah. A little trash talking predictions. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> guys, so get the good. fuck out of here. So good. Bye-bye. <laughs> See ya.